0: Bob Stauffer, Clear Drake Arena, the Alberta Golden Bears and the Calgary Dinos, both myself and Reed Wilkins, hosting our shows here tonight. Love it. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a kicker. Uh, Calgary comes in ranked number four in the country. Alberta number six. Bears in a little bit of a rebuild right now. Is uh, I want to tell you, Royal Pizza uh, Pizza passed and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 plus years. Royal Pizza has 14 locations in the city of Edmonton. Uh, they got one in Red Deer, five in Calgary, one in Regina, one in Saskatoon. Stopper recommendation, Royal Pizzas of Mediterranean Chicken. Reed Wilkins likes the meat lovers. Brendan Escott likes the Texans. And we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. And welcome back to the show from the Cultos Hockey, David Staples. David, how are you?
1: Great, Bob. Great. You are now talking to a old-timers hockey player i've joined uh i moved from the uh the ranks of rec hockey to old-timers hockey so it's a big big moment in my life here
0: All right. Well, there you go. Now, you share a lot of things on Twitter, (laughs) including uh, an interesting comment from a tweet yesterday from, uh, was it yesterday or a couple days ago, uh, Janice Irwin and the NDP about the ongoing situation in the uh, Middle East. What was the, uh, I I guess, the genesis of uh, your reaction to that?
1: Well, it's just interesting to see um, some politicians are aligning, you know, the vast majority of politicians, at least, are aligning with Israel. But it's interesting to see that some on the left, including Janice Irwin, are aligning with um, Palestinians. Now, some would say she's aligning with Hamas. I'm sure she would say she's not aligning with Hamas right that, um you know people don't you know a lot of people say, well, it's the same They're, that's a, that's a problem. But, uh, yeah, so I was just commenting on that. It is fascinating to see this. And and I think, actually, just like COVID kind of split the Conservative Party in Alberta, I think this issue is going to split the Liberal Party in Canada. I think it's going to be... They're already in trouble, but their their, um, their MPs are already fracturing over this issue. I think the NDP is going to probably go full in terms of supporting the Palestinians. And the, the NDP, the Liberals, are just going to shatter right down the middle. middle.
0: Well, I always find it... Interesting with federal, municipal, or federal, provincial, and municipal. Like I'll give you an example. Uh, Tim Cartmel is in my riding. He had 82% of the popular vote to win. That's a lot. Okay, so he was the over. Overwhel- I mean, there are. I believe there are people on city council that only had 22% of the votes in their riding, and they won because it was, I mean, that's hard to believe, and, uh, and I think it's sort of 10-3 versus the left versus the right on uh, on Municipal Council right now. There's been some interesting sort of, I know that the mayor uh, had a, a tweet initially when the, right after the terrorist attack started, that uh, rankled some people out there. Uh, it, it, it has been an interesting thing to watch, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, he, uh, the mayor, said a lot of people. I think at the time he was kind of suggesting there had been, you know, illegal attacks on both sides when Israel had not. (laughs) they had just suffered, you know, the worst loss of life since the Holocaust. And um, people were wondering why he didn't make more of that. But as for Cartmell, he's a strong politician. He'd make a good
0: mayor. Good mayor? I agree.
1: Yeah, he'd he'd make a good mayor, excellent mayor.
0: Alright, that's that's uh, let's get it on the rails to hockey right here, right now, David. So the the Oilers are not off to a great start. There's no way to sugarcoat it. They played four games and been completely underwhelming in two of them. What are you seeing?
1: Bob, they look
0: slow to me. This is and this is the only concern I have.
1: Um, they look slow. And, you know, they, they haven't... The last few players they've added to the lineup, De Harney and, and Ernie, Adam Ernie, are slow players. Now, they might offer... I'm not saying that they shouldn't be in a lineup, but just overall, the team looks like it's getting outskated as much as anything else. Um, and I just... So, you know, what I'd like to see is... I think they've got some fast players, like Holloway, Fogel, McLeod. And I think the key to the Oilers is um, giving those players more ice time and moving them up the lineup. Uh, Maybe not all at once. Uh, You know, not all at once, obviously. They've got some fast players at the top of the lineup. But go with the fast guys at the top of the lineup. And I think McDavid will thrive. Um, Connor Brown and Evander Kane are both struggling right now. They're two veteran players both coming off major injuries last year. And it's going to take Connor Brown some time, I think, to,
0: to fully get back up to speed. And are you surprised a bit with Kane? I'm, am a little bit surprised with Kane. I got to tell you, he's, he's, he'd be the first I know, Evander, he'd be the first to tell you he hasn't been effective enough.
1: I just wonder. I just, Bob, I fear that, that that severe injury to his arm has taken yeah. away a significant amount of his dexterity with the puck, his ability in tight to make quick uh, stick handling moves, puck protect moves, passes. And I don't know if that's ever going to come back. And and I still think he can be a very effective player in a different kind of role. But I, I'm just starting to wonder, is that role in the top six? He could be a heck of a uh, performer for the Oilers, doing different things, including playing that intimidating brand of hockey. The efforts there with him—he's hitting, he's he's working. But can he make those plays uh, at a high level with Connor McDavid? I think, you know, honestly, I think right now, based on merits of play, that Dylan Holloway has earned that chance to, to get some time with Connor McDavid. Um, so is Warren <laughs> Warren Fogle. I mean, he was already moved up the lineup. So I think this is just. It's just a matter of sorting out how this team can win. And I think they have the ingredients to win. It's just getting the right pieces in the right well, places, getting the right line. Dave,
0: David, together. the ingredients to, to win, they were a, a consensus legit Stanley Cup contender at the start of the year. We're four games into a season here. Are we saying <laughs> yes. that they're not going to be a playoff team? Or, or when you say, like, I I think we're probably looking at two or three more moves during the season to upgrade the roster. Um, I could see two players added to the bottom six, not necessarily on the fourth line. Okay? At some point. So... Uh, they, they're,
1: they're, they have they have some... I think they have, like, honestly, I think they have a fairly obvious trade to make, Bob. If Shilla Broberg turns out They've got two veteran defensemen in Brett Kulak and Cody Ceci, who are who are good hockey players. Robert is a lot cheaper, and if he can fill in for one of those guys, um, you could tra- I think you could trade one of those two for uh, a player, a forward possibly uh, who's making an equal amount of money, around two million dollars a year, and get a really good player in return. So I think that might be a move that might come down the road. Because, again, they're, they're a little slow. I mean, Kulak's not a slow player, obviously. But they're a little slow everywhere. Including, even on the blue line, they're looking a little slow right now. So I, I think Roberg has a place on this team. And that will free up uh, the Oilers to make a major move.
0: We're joined by David Staples from the Cult of Hockey David, one of the things that you do is you do scoring chances. Through the first four games, what are we looking at here? In terms of... <laughs> Excuse me. It's been really weird, Bob. Um, the games have been relatively close
1: uh, in terms of grade A shots. Um, even the first game, strangely enough, was relatively close. Last night, Philadelphia had a pretty good edge. Um, for the first time, there was a, there was an edge, and the orders had a the orders had a decent edge against um, Nashville. But Nashville actually. Great A A scoring. I mean, Jack Campbell was great. shots. Jack Campbell had a good, he had a very good game. I mean, one of his best games as an order. So, you know, if you go by the great A shots, it's probably been a a bit of a saw off between the orders and the opposition. So, despite the one and three record, um, you know, Edmonton, if it was. Uh, full justice, I guess, on grade-A shots, it would, might, they might have a two-and-two two record, but it's not unusual in the short term to, to, for things to go a little bit off in that regard. Uh, in, in terms of individual play, so far, Warren fogel has been do, doing really well. Leon Dreisaitl has been doing really well at even strength. McDavid, of course, and Hyman. and um, Some of the other players, Holloway's doing really well at even strength, and some of the others, not so much.
0: All right, David, how do people follow you?
1: Bob, they can uh, follow me at, um, at, on Twitter, at The Cult of
0: Hockey. Great having you on. We'll talk in a couple weeks. Good. Enjoy the game tonight. 6.44 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer with you. Along with Angie Quinnell, Reed Wilkins is going to join us in two minutes' time to set up tonight's Inside Sports. He's taken over live here from Claire Drake Arena. You're listening to Oilers now. It's 6.48 at Edmonton. Bob Stauffer, Angie Quinnell, Reed Wilkins down at Claire Drake Arena. As we go to listy and Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel. Join the three-night Montreal road trip private suite. Oilers in the Habs. Reach out to Travel.com. One year ago today, Connor McDavid scored once, added three assists. The Edmonton Oilers beat the Carolina Hurricanes 6-4. Of course, we'll have uh, our City Ford Face-Off show tomorrow at 6.35 with Reed Wilkins live from Studio 99. Puck drop with Jack Michaels, myself, Robin Reed, and Brendan. Actually, Brendan. Brendan's got tomorrow off because he's doing football. Uh, uh, Tomorrow night at 8 p.m., Oilers now. Monday night, guests will include former Oilers GM head coach and Stanley Cup champion Craig McTavish for contract equipment and Frank Cervelli for the horses and horse race in Alberta. We bring aboard Reed Wilkins setting up tonight for Inside Sports. First of all, how awesome is it that we're here tonight?
2: Yeah, I love doing the show here, and I'm glad you got to do the show here as well reaping a benefit of the new time slot. I've done uh, probably averaged a show a year from clear. Well, I guess we had the pandemic for a couple years, but uh, I was here last year for uh, a playoff game. I think the first playoff game against UBC, which they lost, yeah. wound up losing. Well, if
0: they lose tonight, you're not doing a show here again. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, that'll, that'll be the, the the uh, uh, that'll be the, I don't know, the whammy for that, I guess. But I, I love doing it here, and I mean, this is, it, this is such a great place to watch hockey. Like I feel like we could reach out and touch the center ice dot. Yes. And regardless of where you sit you're going to have a great view of something. I, I have sat down low to the glass in the corners, and, yeah, it's a little tough for the far end, but when they're right in front of you, it's it's pretty awesome, especially if you can get the end. The Bears are attacking twice because often they have the puck a lot,
0: though tonight might be a little bit more of a well, challenge. Calgary is actually 6-0 in the season. They're ranked number four in the country, and the Bears are ranked number six in the country. Quick out-of-town update, Golden Bears football. Manitoba scored on the opening possession. Alberta now leads 12-7. That that is in the second quarter. The Bears are five and one. Manitoba's three and three. The Golden Bears hockey team three two and one. And Calgary Dinos are six and zero in hockey. Alberta had a bad opening weekend. We had Ian Herbers on for Conlon Motorsports at six oh five. He said it's been a bad start for Edmonton teams against Vancouver in hockey this, this year. Works. All right, Reed. Uh, it was not pretty last night in Philadelphia. I could tell you. I hate to say it, but I knew at the end of the second period, like I could just sense. Yeah, it looked bad. It, it looked. Yeah. I mean, I, I I thought yesterday. I don't know if
2: Philadelphia was that great early either, but just the Oilers never got going, and it's it's kind of frustrating. Well, it's not kind of frustrating. It is frustrating. Calgary's 5 Cal- and one. Calgary did have the regular season win streak dating back to last year's snap. I just want to double-check that. Oh. They did have a loss. Uh, I'm confused by the. Okay, well, yeah. there we go. They had the wrong record in the top ten this week for U Sports. That's, well, imagine that. U Sports making an error in a publication. They well, couldn't sell a party to a liquor store <laughs> anyways. I'd But they just – I, and I heard you and Frank talking about it, and – It's just kind of maddening because we know the Oilers are better than that. We've seen them do it, and to have efforts that were that flat, I mean, they just look vacant is a a word I use. It's like, who are these guys twice in four games? Are you you concerned? I'm a little bit concerned because, again, we've seen it twice in four games. And I, 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 I know they can play better, and they will play better. What worries me? Now, last year they started 3-3, and and then they were 10-10 and after 20 games, which is not a good first quarter of the season and is not a playoff pace. Let's so not forget they were 21-18-3
0: at the 42-game mark. True,
2: but they, they got it going, and there's still a lot of time this year. I guess what I would be worried about is, okay, what if you hit 10 games and they're 3-7, and you hit... 16 games and they're six and ten. You know, and you just can't even get to five hundred and then above and start getting into a playoff spot. Because then, you know, if you if I mean look what happened to Vancouver the last two years. They actually did pretty good in the second half of the season, but they were in such chase yeah. mode, they could never get in. So I, I I like what I can't remember if it was you or Frank who said it, but one of you said it during that conversation. You you, you still gotta find a way to have a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. I mean, hockey is a game of emotion, Too easy and to then easy that into some kind of work ethic and and uh, a little bit of edge and a little bit of persistence. I mean, I, I know the goals against last night, and Rob and I talked about it, and Rob's criticism is they're making the same type of errors that cost them last season. And I get that frustration and that's going to be a hang-up or something they're going to be criticized about. But there was no offensive thrust. There was none. I
0: think, like they, the, got, I the, think they, they, they had got, one open chance in front of the net, and they scored on it. I get going to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreis, subtle for a period or two, okay? Uh, but I sensed last night that those guys were out of juice, believe it or not, in the third. You know, they've gone a lot. I think they got to find a way, and, and they got to get King going, and they got to get Brown going. Even McLeod. Even McLeod's been a little, like, you know, and he's coming off. Hey, you got three guys coming off of injuries in one form or another. But I think they've got to they, They've included in, uh, Fogel into the mix here. Hyman's playing well. They've got to get more guys going,
2: Reed. And I heard, I think, was it a texter that criticized Derek Ryan on the bottom six earlier on the show? I think I heard that when I was driving over. One of the best offensive plays in the game that actually turned the tide in the second half of the second period was D. Ryan's net drive. Now, I know he didn't score, but he drew a penalty, and the only time it looked like the Oilers had some hope was between that Derek Ryan play and the shorthanded goal. So, I I, I get it. I mean, people are going to pick out whoever they want or criticize whoever they want. They want, but Derek Ryan actually probably made one of the top two or three most positive offensive plays for Edmonton last night. So you need to see a little bit more of that determination and gusto from some of the other players up front, because there was never—I mean, they were—they were a football team that never got into the red zone. Yeah. That's that was the Oilers last night. Yeah, it was—it was a rough, rough night. Uh-oh, we're done. We're done? Well, actually, I'm just starting. Kellen Kennedy's let,
0: <laughs> let me know. Hey, stop playing. Are you, are you going to sit with Mooner or are you staying here? Oh, I'm not. I'm going to go sit with Mooner. I'm going to give you your space. Reed Wilkins is coming up tonight on Inside Sports. Who do you have?
2: Kelly Rooney. Dave Campbell is going to check in from Winnipeg, and I'm going to get... Uh I think Alonzo Tapia-Ruiz, one of the Golden Bears, who's not playing tonight.
0: There you have it. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Uh, we will be in Minnesota. Guests will include Craig McTavish, Frank Cervelli, and Colin Chalk. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports up next. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update. Thank you very much Danji Angie Quinnell and Kellen Kennedy. So long for now from everybody from Oilers Now.